I started passing Howard Stern in the hallway. I started saying good morning to him. He hated that I said good morning because there was too much bad blood, blah, blah, blah. But he took his uh, wild shots at us as well. And behind the scenes, because the company wanted me to uh, get along with Howard Stern. And I was like, I reached out to uh, people that were friendly to me that were also friends with Howard. I said, look, I'd love to talk to the guy, you know. It doesn't have to be on the air. I, I won't even talk about it on the air unless, uh, unless it doesn't matter. These people that I would, uh, and they were tough. They were tough people too. I'm not going to lie to you. They were tough people. They would go, you want, you want to, you want to, but you want to talk to her. You want to, but you, but you know what you, you want to actually, they panicked is, is my point here. I go, well, I guess that ain't going to work. Hey, I would love to talk to Howard. You know, there's a lot of bad blood there. And there's so many years that I've got, you want to, you, but you, uh, but he, you can't do that. I'm like, all right, my bad. This episode sponsored by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code OPOPIE for 20% off and free shipping. So late 98 to 2002 were absolutely insanity and some of the best years of the Opie and Anthony show. It was the MTV Music Awards, I think, or, or Movie Awards, whatever. CBS gave me and Anthony like just the run of the place. Here's Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora saying they were fans of our radio show because of their drummer or somebody turned them on to it. I was like, this is fucking crazy, man. Because the early years of NEW were massive. By 97, we were like huge. I'm done with like being singled out as the only guy that had issues and did stupid stuff on the Opie and Anthony show. I am so done with that, okay? Show me one picture where they're actually doing stuff as friends, please. I beg you, one, one, you're not gonna find it. Howard called in a favor and told Letterman, I've been good to you over the years. I don't want you having Opie and Anthony on your show anymore. I don't want anything to do with pretty much all of them. Is it just me or do you dislike uh, Jimmy? Yes, I do. I dislike Jimmy more than Anthony. Yes, 100%. 100%. I'm amazed that Anthony's still friends with Jimmy. Stop being friends with the guy. He, he, he fucking played both of us. I kind of regret uh, meeting Anthony. I really believe I would have been better off. Hey, hey Piff. Piff. What's up, buddy? Hey, Piffy. What's going on, buddy? You want some sandwich? We got sandwich. Oh, yeah, I never, I sandwich. Yeah? yeah, there you go, go, buddy. You're from Leone's, Leone's Deli in, Br in Brooklyn. From Leone's, Leone's Deli in, Br in Brooklyn. Why would you hand a magician a sandwich when he walks into the studio? Don't. Why should I not? No, but for what? I don't know. I thought I have, I have two pieces left. Can eat on Mike? Is he trying to be nice? No. Yeah, I was just it's trying to be nice. It's a fucking radio show, not a fucking fort. <laughs> <laughs> for, your, for your trap, for your journey. Right. No, you, you relax. We have. He's an hour late, and you're like, here, have a sandwich. Take take some time. And <laughs> yeah, sorry. It looks pretty dope. <laughs> it's good, man. And, and how's the dog this morning? Yeah, he's fine. He's all right. Dog's fine. Will he yeah. eat some of the sandwich? Uh, yeah, he would. He would eat all of the sandwich. Why would you hand a guy a sandwich <laughs> yeah, when he fucking sits down in the microphone? I'm regretting. I'm regretting. Damn, James, you've been listening since 06. I find that really weird because 
some of the greatest years of the Opie and Anthony show were from, I mean, 98, I think it was around 4th of July weekend, 98, we started up in New York, somewhere around there. First few months, eh. So late 98 to 2002 were absolutely insanity and some of the best years of the Opie and Anthony show. And it's so weird, right? I see people go, well, I was listening in 06. So you missed like like a good solid three crazy years of the show. And it doesn't do it justice, you know, finding stuff online here and there. Um, I got all those shows. I, I should start posting them. Those I do have. E-Rock's got the rest of my stuff. It was, uh, I, I, it was the MTV Music Awards, I think, or, or Movie Awards, whatever. And, they, you know, CBS gave me and Anthony, like, just the run of the place because they were trying to impress us because, you know, we were uh, negotiating a contract or whatever. So we go into the MTV Music Awards, and everyone's kind of going in. And somehow uh, somebody called my name and said, Opie. And all of a sudden, I think it was uh, – I think it started with Richie Sambora. Richie goes, Opie's here? Holy shit, right? And he comes right up to me. Anthony can back up this story. Richie Sambora comes right up to me. goes, holy shit, you're Opie. I'm Richie Sambora. You know, we're fans of you and Anthony. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Then he calls wow. over John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi comes up. Now it's me and Anthony with Richie Sambora and John Bon Jovi. Like they're basically saying that they're, uh, I think it was their drummer turned them onto the show. So during yeah, practice, Chico Torres. in between practicing and stuff, they would listen to the Opie and Anthony show. They were all, they were already massive stars. Wow. And I remember like kind of like doing almost like a Chris Farley and go, uh, you guys are pretty cool too. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm just a kid from Long Island. I mean, at this this was at the height of the Opie and Anthony show. We, I mean, I don't know if we ever were bigger than like, like around 2001, 2002. And here's Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora saying they were fans of our radio show because of their drummer or somebody turned them on to it. I was like, this is fucking crazy, man. Awesome. Cool. And awesome. all I can say that's was, a, you, guys are, cool. you guys are pretty cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> remember that time you're in Bon Jovi? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you remember that time in band camp? Uh, yeah, I was I was just sitting there, you know, hoping I wasn't going to shit my pants. I was like, this is just crazy. That is, that's so awesome. Kel, uh, Kel, I've been seeing you around lately. I keep track of my people. Let's see what Kel has to say. I'm reading this cold. I listened to four arguments on your former show with Jim, Ant, and JV. Elvis, do you acknowledge or regret the way in which you engage in the debates or the style you used? Have you grown or changed in how you handle conflict? I don't regret. I really don't regret much. I kind of regret uh, meeting Anthony, but that's, you know, that's, a, that's very complicated, and it's a deep dive just for me and my therapist, okay? Um. I really believe I would have been better off, which just sounds crazy, I know, because you're in the O&A world. I don't really regret it, Kel. No, I don't. Know why? I'll tell you why. For the simple reason it made amazing radio. Me yelling and screaming and sounding like an a-hole. Other guys yelling and screaming and sounding like a-holes. It wasn't just me. They had their own issues. And uh, there were times they were completely out of control on the radio as well. I'm, 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 I'm done with like being singled out as the only guy that had issues and did stupid stuff on the Opie and Anthony show. I am so done with that. Okay. But I can talk about my part in this. Um, growing up, growing up, Kel, I had a mom 
how she communicated with us was to yell and scream in our face uh, to the point that most of us have PTSD now. Um, so that's all I knew. So with me and conflict for, um, I wouldn't say most of my life anymore, man. I wouldn't say most of my life anymore. Um, you know, how I handled things was to yell and scream and make a big deal about it. And when it was on the radio, it was amazing radio. And then it made for awkward days after the fact, if you want to know the truth. I regret the yelling and screaming behind the scenes that I did at times. But I was so frustrated because, uh, you know, that's not even fair. Because a lot of these guys did work really, really hard. <clears throat> but there were times I, I, I just knew what I needed or wanted for the show. And I knew it would work. And I wasn't getting it done the right way. And I needed a better way to communicate that to the people around me. I got in bosses' faces yelling and screaming, um, but I don't do that anymore. It's very rare that I uh, that I raise my voice. It's very, very rare. So I have changed on how I handle conflict. You know, this is twenty dollars well spent because this is like a this is a good topic. Um, so I do regret it to a point, but I also uh, know uh, that it made damn good radio when i was out of my mind and just yelling and screaming and losing it no one's turning their fucking radios and it's so funny then yeah you, you look back on it all these years later and now people try to spin that like it's a bad thing that they were tuned to their radios with all that nonsense and drama oh my god he's out of his effing mind what are you gonna tune into z100 at that point shut up so no, there you go i hope i answered your question but um through, uh, through therapy, through uh, meeting my wife, through uh, getting more into spirituality and meditation and yoga. Uh, you know, I've worked on that very, very hard over the years. Everyone related to the show is still friends, but you, LOL, says everything. Okay. I don't want to be friends with them, Mac. And they're not friends. Oh, I, I guess I'm driving people crazy today because the numbers are really high and they're, they're not friends. Show me one picture where they're actually doing stuff as friends, please. I beg you. One. One. You're not going to find it. They're cordial and, and uh, friendly with each other, and that's fine. But I made my decision a long time ago. For the most part, I don't want anything to do with pretty much all of them. And partly, uh, partly because it just wore me out. The whole thing just wore me out. I don't even necessarily have problems on a personal level with a lot of those people. I just don't want to be with any of them. The whole thing wore me out. But they're not friends. None of them are actually friends. They're all just hustling. That's all they're doing is hustling, trying to make a living, trying to make a few bucks. That's all. And that means they all kind of are in the same circles. That's it. But to use the word friends, that's uh, completely ridiculous. Let everybody else fight and claw their eyes out of each other. It, it gets exhausting. I was, I, I was in that world for a long time, and I was good at it. But now I'm like, there's so many people trying to start stupid little little fights with me. And I'm like, no, no. I'll, 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 I'll speak my piece, hopefully get a few laughs in, and that's, that's all I give a shit about these days. Poor guy gets worked up so easily. Not really, Daniel. To be honest with you, not really. It's it's just honestly, it's just frustrating because I I, <laughs> we're, I don't think people fully understand where I sit. I I just don't know 
Um, I just don't know what's going on out there. I know there's a lot of like mid-level shows just fighting with each other. I know that much. That hits my radar. People are like, you got to – I'll tell you one. You gotta, uh, you gotta watch this. Kevin Brennan went all in with Anthony, and there's a link. And most people click links. I used to click links back in the day. It was like you gotta see what they're saying about you on Whackbag, and I was guilty. I ran right to my computer. What the hell are they saying about me on the Whackbag? And then it got to a point. Many years ago at this point, many years ago, you got to hear what Blah Blah said or you got to see this video. I don't click on any of it and people don't understand. They don't they don't fully understand. I just don't do it. Uh, it's good for your mental health. Every once in a while, do I break down? Sure. Uh, Roddy, for some info. Uh, from Tennessee, been listening since 2006. Wow, that's cool. That's so weird that people like jumped on board in like 2006 because me and Anthony, uh, we truly became like rock stars in the radio business. And man, by 97, we were like huge, although we were only in one market at that point in Boston, but we couldn't, we couldn't, we pretty much couldn't walk around Boston. I mean, it got, it was, it was insanity, but by 2006, that's crazy. Because the early years of NEW were massive from 98 to, what, 2002. Holy crap. But, hey, Brody, right on, man. And once again, thanks for joining my, uh, my memberships on YouTube. First guy. He's the, he's the first one that did it. I'll just say, like, I'm amazed that Anthony's still friends with Jimmy. Amazed. There's enough info out there right now. He, he's the only one. He, he's sitting in our seats, Anthony, you idiot. Stop being friends with the guy. He, he, he fucking played both of us. Don't you understand that yet? Go after yourself, Jim Norton. Sitting there. Just sitting there taking Anthony's money and sitting in his seat. And you didn't want to be there the whole time. But, man, did you love his seat and you loved the giant raise they gave you, didn't you? Go after yourself. And then he allowed me to get all the abuse from all the fans. And he skated. That's why I have, I don't have a lot of respect for a lot of uh, people that used to listen to the show because they gave me so much crap and gave Jimmy nothing at the time. Nothing. When he was the one actually sitting in Anthony's seat and actually taking Anthony's money because he got a giant raise after Anthony left. A giant raise. And he also was the, the first person to call me and said, hey, you know, we got to continue. If you were let go, if you were fired. Anthony absolutely would have continued. So we we need to continue. It was the first call. I didn't even know what I was going to do yet. I had to figure it all out. So, Jim Norton, go after yourself. Is it just me or do you dislike uh, Jimmy? Yes, I do. I dislike Jimmy more than Anthony. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yes. You could take that to the bank. All right, let's talk about Manscaped for a second. Manscaped.com, promo code OP, O-P-I-E to get 20% off and free shipping. I love my razors from Manscaped. I got one for down below grooming, and now I got their beard trimmer. I'm in love with the beard trimmer from Manscaped. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and perfected their game with the Lawnmower 4.0. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
Wait, they're up to a fourth generation trimmer? All right, I'm not supposed to be surprised by that. I'm supposed to be very knowledgeable on this, but they're up to a fourth generation trimmer. Nice. And they got the advanced skin safe technology. It's got a spotlight so you know what you're doing down there. They got the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. It's the best nose hair trimmer on the market. They also have other amazing products like cologne, crop mop, ball wipes, crop reviver, ball toner, and crop preserver, ball deodorant. They got great stuff, man. So that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code OPI, O-P-I-E. Once again, 20% off manscaped.com. Use the promo code OPI, O-P-I-E, and they'll give you the free shipping. I love Manscaped. Well, I don't know if Howard's uh, hair is fake. I mean, I was t- I was told by a uh, by a company way back in the day, um, you know, where they they gave uh, men a little extra hair up top, and they looked at me. Look, I, I'm doing all right. They looked at me and they said, "Man, it's too bad you're doing all right with your hair because you know your type of hair it would look perfect and and uh, pretty much no one would ever notice." And then they basically said off mic that uh, you know. That Howard had some had some work done with his hair. <laughs> what are you doing these days? Oh, I hate hearing that. Used to be a big radio star, nipping at Howard Stern's heels. But me and Anthony couldn't get along. We couldn't keep it together. We absolutely were the better show. I have no doubt about that. But I guess it's better to burn out than fade away. Thank you, Neil Young. Cheers to Neil Young. Better to burn out than fade away. Let Howard Stern fade away. With his fake hair and his loose teeth, let him fade away. My God, the Opie and Anthony show, I got to tell you, it was was a phenomenon. Uh, Every once in a while in life, you come across phenomenons. Phenomenon. Think, uh, Think Michael Jackson thriller. That was a phenomenon for Michael Jackson. And he said in many interviews, he's like, uh, the curse of his career was chasing Thriller and trying to come up with the next Thriller. Uh, well, he had other curses, huh? Huh? He had other curses. But his, his main curse was the fact that he knew when he made Thriller, that was a phenomenon, and that he would be chasing that the rest of his life. Who's the author that did The Alchemist? Uh, Paulo Colo. Paulo Coelho, Coelho, one of my favorite books of all time. I read it every once in a while. I probably have read that book uh, 10 times, The Alchemist. Same thing, man. I, I heard him in an interview talking about how that was a phenomenon. And, you know, uh, back in the day, The, the Alchemist, he had, a, he, had a, he had an agent and he had a book company and they read The Alchemist and like, we don't get it. They almost didn't put his, uh, his book out, which is one of the greatest books ever written. They almost didn't put it out because, of course, there was some dumb management person going, I don't get it. Can you write something that's more like mainstream and not as spiritual? And Paul Coelho, uh, I guess, Coelho, I don't know how the hell to say his name. He's like, man, I ain't going to listen to these idiots. And uh, he published that book and uh, the rest is history. It's one of the greatest books ever written. And that, too, was a phenomenon. And, uh, you know. With that said, uh, going back to that guy's question, what are you up to, Ope? Uh, well, you know, uh, the Opie and Anthony show was a phenomenon. <laughs> it 
an absolute phenomenon. And if I tried to chase that, oh, God, am I going to have a miserable life? This is the anniversary of you-know-who getting fired. Yeah, I think Anthony got fired 4th of July weekend, right? Back in, uh, I don't know, 20... I lost track, to be honest. 20, maybe 14, I think. How weird is that? So, nine years ago, we did uh, we did a show right around 4th of July weekend, and then we were going to take a, a nice, long 4th of July weekend off we turned off those mics we walked out of the studio i doubt we said goodbye because we never said goodbye it was very very rare and uh and i never saw him again (laughs) god life is weird life is weird but we always said it we always said with the opie and anthony show you know you got to tune in every day and you got to do it with my live stream too because one day i'm just going to get fickle and go you know what i'm done i'm good but I always say, like, you got to tune in every day to something you like because you never know when it's the last day for that. And we left that studio thinking, all right, we'll see each other uh, after the long Fourth of July weekend. And uh, it wasn't meant to be. And I haven't seen him since. It's been nine years. I haven't, I haven't spoken. Well, yeah, I guess we did those phone calls. But even those phone calls are about, ooh, I don't know, six, seven years ago at this point. But I literally haven't seen the guy um, since. Taking pictures of Times Square after he lived in the city for how long? More like taking pictures of her, LOL. Man, Robert Spawn, I my gut says we don't we never got the real story with that whole damn thing. That's what my gut says. My gut could be completely wrong. Howard's still better than you. That's fine. That, what, that if you if you like Howard over me or what me and Anthony did, whatever, dude. But he's a phony. And I think that bothers people when I uh, when I speak honestly about my time at Sirius XM and knowing Howard. He's a he's a big phony, and he's not as brave as you think. He fights a lot of battles behind the scenes. He never took on me and Anthony. He took on pretty much every other radio show. But when it came to taking on me and Anthony back in the day, Howard would cry like a little bitch, and he would get on the phone to Mel Carmazin and our boss Ken Stevens. My boss wasn't Howard's boss, but he would call my boss to make us stop and yell and scream at him. So that's your hero. So if you want to say he's better than us or better than me, whatever, dude, that's, a, that's up to you. But you need to know he's, he's, he's a wimp and he fights a lot of battles behind the scenes. He also called Letterman and basically said, look, I've been good to you over the years. I, I don't want you having Opie and Anthony on your show anymore. This is a true story. Because the fact is, when me and Anthony were on Letterman, uh, to be fair, it was more Anthony than me. Anthony crushed. I sat there like a dummy for the most part. I was sort of shut out of the conversation. That, that's a story for another day. But, but whatever. We were on Letterman. Uh Opie and Anthony crushed it. As soon as we left the stage, all of Letterman's people came running towards us, a couple producers, a writer we knew over there, and they're like, holy shit, that was absolutely awesome. We want to book you guys again in a couple months. I'm like, that's great. And they started thinking that we can maybe be some kind of a regular thing because we're in New York. Think think like Regis Philbin and think like uh, Mad Dog Russo where they would call last minute because a guest would cancel. So they're thinking, wait, these guys were really good. 
let's let's try to work him into the rotation. And that would probably mean maybe going on a couple times a year. I'm not going to oversell it. It wasn't like we were going to go on weekly or anything like that. And they're like, we're like, uh, great. And they're, they're like, uh, we'll keep in touch. And I'm like, okay. We never heard from them again. And then it came out years later. I can't tell you my source uh, today, but I could back this shit up. It turned out that um, it turned out that Howard called in a favor. This is a fact and told Letterman, I've been good to you over the years. I give you great shows. I give you great ratings. I don't want you having Opie and Anthony on your show anymore. And to David Letterman's fucking pathetic credit, he agreed. He go, he, he, he went with it. That's the real Howard. Did he ever mention this on the air? No. Did he ever fight us on the air toe to toe like he did with uh, these other like lame ass, weak ass shows? No. But he had no problem getting on the uh, phone and yelling and screaming and making people's uh, days miserable because we were picking on him. We were calling him Hampton's Howie and he couldn't handle it. That's the real guy right there. Well, GH, you have a beautiful family. The other. Idiots are just alone, miserable and bitten. In the end, you are the success. Ah, whatever. I mean, I mean, thanks, Ralph. I appreciate that. I, I love my my wife and kids and my and the friends I got around me. I got really awesome people in my life, but maybe they're happy that way. I, I don't know. You know, I know like from a very from very early on, those guys both made it clear they didn't really want to um, be fathers or be married. So, you know, it works for them. And that's why I think they bonded more with each other than with me. They, they were on a whole different path than me, personally and professionally. What was the longest break you guys got from work? Everyone knows, over two years. We just had to sit there like dummies. Two years, three months, because then the, the company, another reason why I hate corporations, they made us sit for two uh, years and then they're like, well, now you gotta like, wait out your no compete because technically we were under contract for that those two years and then our contract was over and then they're like well now you got to sit out the no compete so we were finally free from cbs radio at the time and then they made us sit out another three months <laughs> uh, and then another reason i hate them and then they try to kill our careers and then they desperately needed us when howard stern was leaving so then they came back and hired us back. You don't think that was awkward when I'm seeing all the people that were for our, uh, our dismissal? <laughs> Business is really weird, man. And in a way, they did hurt our careers because I don't know if we ever came back to that, po to that point. We had success on satellite radio, of course, but the success we were having on regular radio being syndicated everywhere was absolutely insane. One of the greatest runs in uh, radio history. And then their whole plan was to sit us for two years. There was no social media, so we were just dead in the water. And they did hurt us a little bit because I, when we did go back to regular radio and stuff, you know, we didn't have the same, we didn't have the same juice. Like we, we were like, we were on a runaway train. We couldn't do no wrong. And when we came back, we were definitely, um, a bit damaged we still did you know well for ourselves my god of course daniel 
relatively new here. Oh, most people don't realize that you saw military action. In 1996, you were involved in a three-day aerial conflict known as the Prop Army. <laughs> Look, man, we had to find our way. I uh, There's not many bits. I'll be honest. There's not many bits from the Opian Anthony years. Thank you for the laugh, for real, Daniel. That I'm in, I'm embarrassed by, but the bra bombing. Oh my God! We, we were up in Boston at WAF, the only station that really rocks. You're gonna get your five dollars worth, Daniel. Thank you. Um, and we were doing a local TV show. We were the stars of the show, but the the whole station had to be involved. And me and Anthony were like, "Why are they involved? It's obvious that people are loving our bits." Oh, God, everyone else would do a segment on that show, and it was just mediocre. Then me and Anthony would hit it out of the park, uh, you know, day after day. And anyway, the um, uh, we were trying to get on this one TV station, and uh, I guess we were too shock jockey and edgy for them. So they like they basically said no. I think it was W-A-B-U, because I, I think our slogan was F-U-A-B-U or something like that. Oh, God. And then, you know, I, I, I mean, I take credit for, like, a bunch of the benchmark uh, bits from uh, Opie and Anthony, so I might have to take credit that this bra bombing was my idea. Ugh. And then we went into a production studio and we made believe we were in some kind of like like blimp, and we were flying over the. Uh, oh God. We were flying over the TV station and dropping bra bombs on them. Why the bra bombs though? Was that a why the bra? Oh my god! I got to get my history right, because then there was another bit we were trying to do, which was definitely a, a a bit other radio shows were doing that we were we were trying to get done and it it failed. Uh, we couldn't get it done, but we were gonna like hook bras together, and uh, and 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 have it cross over the uh, the Charles River. I remember we were trying to do that. Was that associated with the bra bombing? Why did we decide bra bombing? I forget now. Oh, Beth Hart. Did a segment on Real Rock TV where she wasn't wearing a bra. She could sing her you-know-what off. And uh, and then it was a big deal that she wasn't wearing a bra because it was obvious she wasn't wearing a bra. And I think this TV station had a problem with that. And then I think, if I remember correctly, then they took the show off their channel. And then we had to find the Spanish channel in town. It was the only other uh, uh, TV channel that would have Real Rock TV starring opie and anthony i think that's what it was so to make it to make it hurt we came up with this idea that we would bra bomb the tv station i think i might have just nailed that i think i just figured out in front of everyone's eyes that's why the bra bombing but the bit itself was just so cringy and bad and, and looking back at you like oh my god <laughs> um thank you daniel i think i got most of that right but i'm not positive all right